Hey, you're listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman, a weekly podcast from KCUR Studios. On this episode, it's springtime in Kansas City, flowers are blooming. Can we look up from our phones now? My fellow adults, we have a problem. Our screen time is out of control. It's a problem I once observed from a comfortable distance because I was shockingly late to the smartphone party. There was nothing noble about my reluctance, at least not at first. I'm just cheap. I only buy new gadgets when I absolutely have to. But over time, I started noticing that these devices were reshaping the behavior of people around me. In restaurants, couples weren't talking. In line at coffee shops, my people-watching habit got very monotonous as everyone's posture became identical. The ubiquitous hunch and scroll. I knew it could happen to me. At home, my laptop had fully hypnotized me already, narrowing the scope of my attention to the 15-inch rectangle of the screen. The last thing I wanted was for an even smaller screen to have that kind of power over me, not just in my house, but everywhere. So I clung to the innocence of my flip phone. Of course, it was only a matter of time. And whatever boundaries I once had, when I finally did get a smartphone, have completely eroded, thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. There's no big mystery behind it. When your work life, social life, extended family, grocery shopping, entertainment, and news consumption all collapse into the digital sphere, the device that connects you takes hold with a mighty grip. I let it. I wanted to stay in touch with friends in separate bubbles. I needed to know what was happening in the news. Breaking stories were evolving so quickly that I couldn't stop checking for updates. Had democracy crumbled while I was eating dinner? I couldn't be sure. It took a few minutes to get the answer, and then it often took me a lot longer than that to emerge from those meandering investigations. Well, you know what? It's spring. I'm tired of glowing screens and terrible posture. I'm ready to live my life with the weather on my side. Porch hangs with friends, walks with my brother in Loose Park, day trips to Lawrence to skip rocks with my kid at Clinton Lake. It's all possible, only I'm not sure I remember how to stay off my phone. I think one of the hard things about the pandemic, especially for people who work from home in white collar jobs, is that whatever dividing line we had between work and home has completely disappeared. That's Ian Scher. He's an editor at large for CNET, and he's been covering the space where technology, family, and work collide. He thinks that what's happened to us with our phones this past year is probably not good. A lot of younger people, Gen Z, for example, they live in small apartments if they're lucky enough. They don't even have like a corner of their apartment that's their office in air quotes. And so it it actually becomes really hard to disconnect. The thing is, it's not just my work that's on my phone. It's most of my relationships. And not all of those can get back to happening in person, even when my porch reopens for business. I'm slowly reconnecting with family. Friends might take even longer. If I put my phone down, what then? Jeffrey Hall studies friendship at the University of Kansas. He says friendships have already suffered a lot this year, and that's only partly because of our phones. The fact is, is that that's the only way that people have been maintaining their relationships for, I don't know, 100 years is through a phone device. 
a lot of them were basically for the sake of patching over the time where you were away until the next time that you got to meet again. But the presumptive that there will be a day that will come again where you will meet face to face. In a world without visits, things have gotten weird, especially in relationships where texting is the main form of communication. Texting is what Hall calls asynchronous, meaning there are gaps, sometimes long ones, between a message and a reply. After what feels like a long conversation, he says if you go back and count the messages, you're likely to realize that very little has actually been said. He says text-based friendships in the digital space during the pandemic don't feel futuristic to him. They feel archaic. They remind him of 19th century friendships. Back then, visiting friends was hard to do. People wrote letters and they pined to be together. Think of the way that 19th century Poets and presidents, you know, wrote about their best friends. Like, I can't have your warm embrace near me, da, 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 you know? So there was always this sense in which that the touch, the physicality, the shared space was very precious for those long distance relationships. We're, I think we're in the same place right now. We're desperate. We're de <laughs> we are desperate to have that shared space and physicality. And technology has just kind of sustained us until that point has come. But the other thing, Hall says, is that we have totally run out of common ground topics for conversation. With nearly every facet of life touched by the pandemic, there's not much left that could be considered low-key, non-stressful, or fun to talk about. That being the case, I finally realize there's really no point holding on to my phone to save my friendships. Maybe I'll actually find something to talk about out in the world when I set it down. I'm going to start my digital detox with two pieces of advice from Ian Share. And just to be clear, my goal isn't to throw my phone in a lake and leave it there forever. It's just to treat it a little more like I treat other tools I use because right now it feels like I'm the tool in this relationship. So first piece of advice, start with an electronics-free room at home or an electronics-free day of the week. A little bit of separation at designated times or in designated spaces can be a reminder of another way to be in the world. Ian says most experts encourage an electronics-free bedroom. A lot of us wake up and the first thing we reach for is not a kiss from our significant others, it's for our phones. An electronics-free day is more ambitious than a phone-free bedroom. And it might seem out of reach for people whose phones connect them to work, but Ian says that may be even more of a reason to try it, if only to reset that expectation of constant responsiveness. Second piece of advice, reach for the phone with purpose. So never reaching for a phone, considering all the things our phones do for us, is probably not realistic. But Ian recommends going through a mental exercise of asking yourself non-judgmentally why you're doing it. That little moment where you say to yourself, should I, do I need it, right? And not just to beat yourself up, but to really ask yourself the question, it can have a huge impact on your behavior. And by the way, it's okay for the answer to be, I'm really bored and I wanted to have a moment to myself. That's okay too. The next step is making a conscious decision about whether you really want to go ahead and grab the phone, given everything else happening around you and the other options you may have. If you decide that, yeah, you're gonna use your phone, you have a reason, uh, decide how long it should take and stick with that time frame.
I need to answer this email. How long will it take? My son comes over or my daughter comes over and says, you know, hey, I want to, I want your attention. I say, I will be two minutes, right? And I mean it. <laughs> I can't lie. These things sound reasonable, yet dramatic. A whole day without my phone, parts of my house where it's totally off limits, it's hard to imagine, but also quite lovely. And if the last year has proven anything, it's that we are capable of changing our routines. P.S. If it doesn't work, then yeah, I'm just going to throw my phone in a lake. Thanks for listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman. It's based on a weekly column I write for kcur.org. The column is edited by Barb Shelley. The podcast is produced by Mackenzie Martin with music from Blue Dot Sessions. Next week, the team is taking a little breather to stop and smell the flowers. Have I mentioned we would like to put our phones down? So stay tuned for the next episode in two weeks. It'll show up wherever you get your podcasts. Catch you then.